The New Testament reading is taken from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Here ends the Bible reading. Good morning, folks. Hope you're feeling well. I hope you're feeling sharp, too, as I'd like you to use your imagination for a little moment or two. Just picture this scene with me, will you? You're having a beautiful day at the beach. Now, I know that that's probably quite hard to imagine at the moment, as it was uh, lots of people flocking to the beach a few weekends ago that got us all into trouble with Boris, wasn't it? But run with me here. You spent the morning at the beach and you've built a sandcastle and you've played some cricket and you've had your sandwiches and really there's only one thing left to do and that is to go and investigate the water. You're not really up for a swim but you're perfectly happy to float so you grab your lilo and your book and you head down to the sea and you push out and oh it's just so relaxing. The sun's out, uh, you've got your book in your hands, you're bobbing around on the sea, it's lush. You can probably tell where this story's heading, can't you? Because as you relax, you drift off to sleep. And as you drift off to sleep, you also drift out to sea. You are now in great danger. But you don't realise that. You're not afraid. Because you're still asleep in your little Lila world. But suddenly, you wake up and you realise that someone's stolen the beach. Everybody's gone and you're right out to sea. And it's at that point, panic sets in. You're afraid. And as fear sets in, it quickly rises. As you start to think, oh, how am I going to get back to shore? Where is the shore even? Is that a shark circling around me? What well, one moment was so idyllic and peaceful has suddenly now been shattered as danger fills your horizon. And there's no way of going back to living without fear. You can't just say, oh, you know what, I'll just hunker back down on my lilo and keep reading my, my book. No, you're afraid. And you can't stop it. And folks, I, I think that's how lots of us are feeling at the moment. As things have unfolded, as this virus has spread all the way around the world, till it's now on our doorstep, we have found ourselves beginning to worry more and more about what the future holds. We have moved from a place of peace and tranquility 
or at least relative peace and tranquility, to a place of fear. And I think in that regard, we can probably relate fairly well to what Jesus' disciples went through in Mark chapter 4, can't we? They had a wonderful day out with Jesus, seeing him heal and teach and do incredible things. But now, in verse 35, Jesus says this, Let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. And here's the first big thing that I want us to see this morning. I realise that it might sound quite blunt and unsettling, um, but hang on in there. There's good news coming. But first, what I want us to understand is that there is something to fear. There really is. And that's certainly uh, the case for Jesus' disciples, isn't it? Their dinner cruise across the lake has turned into a white-knuckle ride on port and starboard, great dark mountains of water rise and wash over the boat. Any moment, they are going down to a watery grave. And the disciples, many of whom, let's face it, were hardened fishermen, they're terrified. They're used to storms at sea. But here was a storm of such great magnitude that even they were out of their depth. They had encountered something they didn't know how to handle. They had run up against something they had no power to control. And perhaps for the first time in their lives, they had realised that there really is something to fear. And so have we, haven't we? This virus is our storm. And... There are many things it reveals about us as people, uh, us as a culture. Uh, But if we're honest, the big issues that we face are exactly the same as the disciples. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. We don't know how to deal with this. We crave certainty as human beings, don't we? Knowledge makes us feel safe. The unknown always feels dangerous. Like, have you ever played that game where you have to put your hand in a box and you don't know what's in the box? And the aim of the game is to have a rummage around, isn't it? And and guess what's inside. But it's really unnerving putting your hand in that box at first because the unknown feels unsafe. Well, we are facing a massive unknown now, aren't we? There are so many things that we are are suddenly realising we don't know. We don't know. I mean, who knows when we're going to be able to gather together here in church as church family again? Who knows when the children are going to be able to go back to school? Who knows when the footy will be back on telly? Who knows when this will be all over? Who knows if a vaccine will ever be found? Who knows how many people will die? Who knows? This is so tough for us because we've drifted out to sea on our lilo with the comfortable assumption that as human beings we basically 
know what we're doing. We've got so much knowledge at our fingertips. So with a few swipes or a few clicks of the mouse, we can find out virtually anything. We're bordering on omniscience, all-knowingness, as we have elevated humanity essentially to the place of God. But now we're finding out that we're not. We're not God. We're not masters of our own destiny. We never were. We don't know. But also, we don't have. You see, we feel afraid because we don't know stuff. But we also feel afraid because we don't have stuff. I mean, what's been one of the biggest cultural responses to the coronavirus. It's been stockpiling, hasn't it? In 20, 30 years' time, this event, we'll look back at this event and and it will be remembered for for people panicking and going out and buying toilet roll. Why is that? Is it because we as humans find safety in storing up as much as we can possibly get of what we might possibly need? If I can get what I need, if I I can provide for my family and my friends, then I can feel safe. Again, we play God in this, don't we? By assuming that we can provide for all of our needs. Like a little hamster filling out his cheeks. (laughs) We uh, fill up our trolleys with stuff and we push them around the supermarket. And then we drive home feeling a little bit safer because we've got plenty of pasta and toilet roll. It's a frightening thing to run out. It's a frightening thing to go to the supermarket and find the shelves empty. You see, we never have empty shelves or empty cupboards or empty bellies, or or at least very few of us have had that experience. We can't identify with old Mother Hubbard who went to the cupboard and found that the cupboard was bare. Our cupboards are never bare. We have so much stuff. We fill up everything. Our cupboards, our homes, our diaries, bookshelves, CVs, our minds, because empty things terrify us. Because when we're empty, then we find ourselves having to admit that that we cannot really satisfy the deepest longings of our soul. And so, like the disciples here in the boat, I think we're finding that there is something to fear. And and I think we really need to confront that, face up to that. I mean, I think there's a great temptation for many of us to just want to rock back, lie back on our lilo and, and, and read our book and wait for this all to pass over. Wait for everything to go back to normal. But I think that's a mistake. There is a problem in our world that is being revealed to us now. The world is the way it is because we have overstepped our boundaries as humanity and we have been playing at being God. But we are not. This storm is revealing that to us. It's showing us that we don't know everything. We don't have the resources to save ourselves and we're afraid. And folks, it's only when we get to that point... I think we really need to get to that point. 
so that we can discover the second thing we need to see here. Yes, there is something to fear, but also there is someone to trust. Now, if you found that first point terribly depressing, well, here's the good news, folks. <laughs> As the way to overcome our fear it is not to pretend to be God and try and fix this by ourselves. No, it's to turn to God and meet him face to face. The way out of fear is not more knowledge. It's not more stuff, more toilet roll. No, the way out of fear is faith, turning to and trusting in Jesus. Let's go back to the boys in the boat. The storm is overwhelming them. Maybe they've been rowing for hours trying to get back to shore. Maybe they've been trying to do their calculations, trying to figure out wind speed and water density and, uh, and the strength of the boat, um, trying to figure out the uh, possibilities of them surviving this. But, but no, now they have come to an end of them, in themselves. And they do what they should have done in the first place. They turn to Jesus. Verse 38, where do we find him? Well, they find him in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? <laughs> do you care we're going to drown? <sighs> the disciples' perception of Jesus' apparent obliviousness to their peril, I, I think is a picture of how we often feel about life's storms, don't we? I mean, many of us are tempted to look around at what is going on in the world just now and, and think that God has fallen asleep on the job. I mean, where is God in all this? Why does he make it stop? Does he even care? Well, of course he cares. The disciples' rebuke is deeply unfair when you take into account everything else we know about Jesus from the Gospels. He's the most compassionate man you've ever met. But it's interesting what follows next. As Jesus responds with the rebuke of his own, but he doesn't rebuke the disciples. He rebukes the storm. Verse 39. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Just three words. That's all it takes for Jesus. Three words. Peace, be still. Jesus commands the storm to be still, to settle down like a parent trying to quieten their unruly children on the 11th day of homeschooling as it commences tomorrow morning. I don't know how it is in your household, but unlike my children, the storm stops straight away. There's this eerie calm, as if a great big hand is just brushed away the wind and flattened the sea. And at that moment, the disciples realise, they know, all power belongs to Jesus. He is not a man playing at being God. He is the man who is God. And as God, he knows what is going on and he knows how to handle it. And so as he stands up in the 
the boat and, and sees the fear of his disciples, he's not thinking, oh, this is slightly awkward. This is another fine mess I've got you into. What am, I don't know if I can handle this. No, as he stands up in the boat, he does so with absolute confidence because he knows what is going on. He knows every wave that rolls over us. He knows how many people are going to die of coronavirus. He knows when the children are going to go back to school. He knows when it's all going to end and where it will lead. He knows your fears. He knows what your heartbeat is right at this very second. He knows your innermost thoughts. He knows everything. And folks, our security, our safety is not found in knowing it all ourselves. It is found in trusting the one who knows it. And as we turn to and trust in Jesus, we then discover him to be the one who has everything we could ever need. Jesus never finds himself to be empty. He never goes to the cupboards and finds that he doesn't have enough. No, Jesus is the one who has all power. And so when we find ourselves empty, when we find our resources gone, when we find our wisdom, our strength is gone, it forces us to actually lift our eyes up and look around and go, where is my help going to come from? So that we look and we see that Jesus is there in the boat. <laughs> Folks, that's what I want you to know <laughs> this morning. That Jesus is right there in the boat with you. He is with you right now. He's with you in your home. You are not alone. Jesus is there with you and he cares for you. And so I want you to encourage you to, to turn to him, to, to cry out to him in this moment. And as you do so, I want you to hear the question he has for you in response. I think it's the same question he asks his disciples here in Mark 4. Do we see it there in verse 40? He said to them, why are you so afraid? <laughs> that's some question, isn't it? I think that's like one swimmer saying to another swimmer, why are you so wet? <laughs> I mean, why would we not be afraid? Particularly when we're confronted with sickness and death. How is that possible not to be afraid? Well, Jesus goes on, doesn't he? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You can face the storms of life without fear when you find the one who is bigger than the storm. When you find the one, the only one, who can give hope in the face of sickness and death. That is what he came into the world to do, to give us that hope. We as a society, we have drifted far, far away from God. And in many ways, God would be absolutely just and fair to let us keep drifting away. It would be completely fair for God to say, well, go on then. You chose to reject me. You wanted to play at being God? Well, go on, play God. You're on your own. 
But God is way too loving for that. So he sent his son into the world to wake us up and bring us back so that we can know the one who knows and know the one who has all power. And that cost Jesus. It cost Jesus his life. That's what we remember this Easter, don't we? That he went to a cross for us. He took death on himself. Death, the greatest enemy that we face, the thing that brings us the greatest fear, the thing that we do not know and we do not have the power to overcome. Jesus went to death on our behalf. He fought death for us. He stood in our place. He died our death. And then three days later, he smashed his way out of death's grip. And he rose from the grave. And because he rose, he can say to you this morning, why are you so afraid? Don't be afraid. Trust in me. So if you find fear creeping in to your life these days, if you find yourself anxious because you don't know what's going on, this is what you need to say. I don't know, but I know the one who knows. I know the one who knows. And when you find yourself empty of resources, when you find your shelves empty, when you find the shelves of your heart empty, and you don't have the resources to handle what's coming at you, don't give in to fear. Instead say, I don't have but I know the one who has. You turn to him, cry out to him, and he will say back to you, why are you so afraid? There is no need for fear, because I am in the boat. And he will take us safely through the coronavirus. He doesn't promise that we won't suffer. He doesn't promise that it won't be hard. But he does promise that he will keep us safe. And he will take us even through death to life with him forever. Where there is no more pain and no more death and no more fear. Are you afraid this morning? Don't be afraid, says Jesus. Trust in me. Believe in me. Choose faith, not fear. I pray that in these days, those words will be true for us. We will listen to them, we will respond to them in faith. Why don't we bow our heads and I can pray that through for us right now. Let me pray for us. Father God, we confess that we live in a world that is full of fear. A world where many things happen that we don't want to happen. We often feel that we don't know or we don't have what it takes to handle this. But you do, Father. Which is why you sent Jesus. So we pray that you would make the storm stop. But in the midst of it, please help us to listen to what we're being told at this moment. Help us to be humbled by it that we might learn to discover you 
the God who loves us, and we might learn to truly trust in you. Lord, we will look to you in Jesus' name. Amen.